Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I'm your host, Curveball, and today I am joined by a Hall of Fame speaker, best-selling author, world-class wheelchair athlete, as well as the president of his own communication company, Chad Hymas. Chad, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Curtis. Great to be here, buddy. Absolutely. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself, maybe where you're from and anything you might want the listeners to know before we get started. Ah, yeah, that'd be great. So I, uh, thanks Curtis again for, for having me. I'm out of Salt Lake City, Utah, about 45 minutes uh, southwest of Salt Lake. Shondell and I have been married for 26 years. We have four children. Uh, two are biological um, and two are adopted. Um, Shondell and I, uh, after having the biological children, I was injured. Um, we live on a, on a big ranch. I was injured on the ranch and broke my neck. After that, we were unable to have children. And so we adopted a beautiful little girl from Guatemala. And then uh, just recently, we uh, got a boy um, who was nine when we got him. He's 11 now from Ethiopia. So there's our family of four right there. The boys are 22 and 21. um, And so they're a little older. And uh, after the accident, um, I started traveling the world uh, and writing books and and doing research on leadership. Uh, mastering change, um, developing leaders. And so I've written four best-selling books and uh, we saw the ranch today and uh, have been traveling up to COVID. So since COVID, everything's been done in our studio and here on the ranch and um, just wrapped up a, a virtual presentation right before you and I came on line here tonight and uh, grateful that we're able to do this. Well, let's talk about your accident. How did it happen? And I also know that someone very important that you looked up to influence you to even start speaking. Kind of talk about that and and your experience in the hospital room when that person came to visit you when you didn't expect it. You bet. I, um, I think that's probably a good place to start. You know, I, um, a couple months before my accident, my dad went to his insurance company meeting in Dallas, Texas. My dad was an insurance salesman. And they bring all their top reps in to receive further development and personal growth. And, and my dad came home from that event and uh, he was just, he was, he was a different person. He was awestruck. And, and one of the things that my dad had done while he was at that meeting that is not um, conducive of my dad, it's not like my dad to do this. He bought this guy's, this guy, this speaker, there was a speaker on the platform that, that he was really inspired by. And my dad, because he was inspired by the speaker, bought his book and his VHS tape. So that's how long ago this was. This was prior to DVDs back in 19, you know, back in the 19, late 1990s, 2000s. And so dad bought his VHS tape and my dad tried to get me and Shondell and my brothers and their spouses to go watch uh, this VHS tape and, and watch this guy. And we never made it happen. Um, it was just, uh, sadly, we just found ourselves too busy and you'd think we would be better kids than that, but we weren't at the time. And we just never made it over to watch this video that my dad so anxiously wanted us to, to, to participate with him in. And so long story short, a couple months later, my dad's oldest son 
would end up breaking his neck on the farm. Maybe that's a story for a couple minutes from now. That would be me. I would end up be breaking my neck. And, and when you're in a hospital, after you wake from a coma and you're unable to move 95% of your body, you really don't have a choice as to what your dad uh, puts in the, the VHS machine for you to watch you know, or the DVD player to watch. And so again, this was a VHS tape. My, so my dad puts this tape in finally for me to watch. And that's when I saw this guy for the first time. And this guy was also in a wheelchair. Um, he was speaking on a platform. His hands were curled like mine. His legs didn't move. He contorted his body such the way that I contorted mine back in the hospital. We had a lot of commonalities. Of course, remember, when my dad purchased this, he had no idea that his oldest son was going to become similar to this man on the platform. My dad had no idea whatsoever. I mean, how could you project such a thing? And so that's, that was, that, that's what I was watching. And I wasn't so much inspired by the guy's words as I was inspired by his attitude, his happiness. And I found out he was married. He had adopted two children and almost a third. And so I, uh, I needed more. I mean, I loved watching him on this on this tape. I couldn't get enough, and so I needed more drugs. That, that when I say drugs, I'm talking about the tape. I mean, I found out his name was Art Berg. I needed more Art Berg. I mean, that was he just made me feel good and felt like I could, maybe, maybe I could accomplish something with my life. So that you know, my dad only had the one tape, so he called up Art's office and ordered more, and got you know, I think my dad ordered everything Art had in his you know portfolio for sale, and so. What we didn't know is that Art was going to deliver it himself to the hospital. And that took place the very next day. And so that was a, I even get emotional thinking about it, you know, today, uh, to, to believe that, that, that somebody would do something like that and, uh, and, and play the postman and, and deliver not just the product that my dad had purchased, but to deliver himself as a opportunist for service and selflessness. And when he wheeled his chair into my room, of course I knew who he was. And so I, I kind of lost it, you know, and I was honored by his presence. And, and I knew this guy was world renowned and a best-selling author. And he hopped up onto my bed and that was kind of interesting to watch a guy with no arms, jump up onto my bed with no legs. I, I say jump because he literally just used his biceps and used the technique to get himself up onto my hospital bed. And it was up, it wasn't a level or down. It was an up transfer. He just sat there and visited with me for a little bit and, showed me some things that he could do to get dressed and undressed and and he left and that was it and and and, and he left me all of that material to watch and to read and a signed poster and so for the next several months i watched it those tapes and it, you know it, it was it was my drug my daily dose of drugs i needed art berg every day and i watched him and watched him and back then there wasn't social media like facebook and instagram or linkedin you only could follow somebody by their face or by their uh their website and so it was artberg.com and i just kind of i found out that he was a speaker and he traveled the world and was a best-selling author and married a beautiful gal by the name of dallas and they had a they had those two adopted children they were adopting a third child and art and i became friends we communicated via phone and via email and and he came out to our ranch and saw what what dream i was building and saw where i was hurt on the farm and he even invited chandel and i and our family over to his house and so he Went to his house in Alpine, Utah, and and uh, spent the night there, just kind of visiting with him and his wife, and and got to know a little bit more about him. And Art uh, that year was 2001, 2002. That year, um, the Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl, and the reason why they come into play is because Art was a 
a coach and a facilitator, inspirational speaker for the Baltimore Ravens. And because they won the Super Bowl, he was given a Super Bowl ring that year. And that was the first year that Ray Lewis was in the Pro Bowl, number 52 for the Baltimore Ravens. Awesome guy. And so Art had Pro Bowl tickets. And so he invited Shondell and I to go to Hawaii, where the Pro Bowl is played, to watch Ray Lewis play. And so when a guy invites you that's a mentor of yours and an idol that you kind of look up to and to go to Hawaii, it's kind of hard to say no to that. So Shondell and I went with Art and his family to Hawaii and we watched the Pro Bowl. That was on February 16th, 2002. And we got home on February 17th, 2002. And on February 19th, two days later is when I got the phone call that Art had passed away in his sleep. Uh, he had an allergic reaction to medication and uh, you know, we lost him. I've never experienced a loss like that before. And so I just, I didn't know what to do. You know, I, I, uh, I went outside and I pushed my wheelchair down the, the road as best I could. It wasn't a busy road because we live out in a rural area. So I just kind of by myself. And that's when it hit me that I wonder if I could fill a void that the world was now filling. Um, and, and maybe, not replace art, but kind of fill that gap. And so that's when I started speaking and traveling the world. And uh, that was the beginning of a career that's now lasted over 21 years, 89 different countries and all seven continents and at least all 50 states, 20 or 30 times, something like that. And I, I don't say that to be arrogant or narcissistic or boastful. I'm quite humbled by it because all I've wanted to do is to be a farmer. I mean, I broke my neck on the farm. I just didn't know that a farm would be the whole world. And that I'd be farming people. And so it's been a real blessing. It's been a real joy to serve and to get to know people. And it's been an honor to try and honor art by the way I live my life. And so that's the story of how I was mentored by somebody in the hospital. The accident is a whole new ball game. Curtis, I don't know if you want me to share that or not, but. Yeah, go I, ahead. Uh, and also, if you know how art was injured share that too. I think this is important to let yeah, people I mean, know. Art was injured um, on his way to get married. I mean, Art was on the way to the church house to get married in Salt Lake. And he was traveling from California to Salt Lake City. Him and his wife were going to get married in a Latter-day Saint temple. And uh, long story short, um, it's, you know, it's about a 14 hour, 12 to 14 hour drive from San Jose to Salt Lake. And so about two o'clock in the morning, they switched drivers and Art went in the passenger seat. And the driver took over and they were buckled in and the driver, Art, one of Art's best friends, um, got a little tired and and uh, overcorrected and flipped the, flipped the car. And despite the fact that Art was wearing a seatbelt, he was ejected from the vehicle and that's how he broke his neck and became a quadriplegic. So he was married to the same lady that he was going to get married to, but they waited 18 months after his injury. So he made me, so he married, so I think that's kind of inspirational in and of itself right there. And so that's how Art got hurt. Me, on the other hand, I did something much more stupid. I mean, uh, I, uh, I went, uh, I was, I was, uh, it was April 2001 um, when I got a phone call from my wife uh, on a Tuesday morning that my youngest son, Kyler, who was one at the time, so the boys were three and one, the same boys that I told you were 22 and 21. Kyler was one and he'd just taken his first two steps and my wife had asked me to hurry home. 
so that I could see him walk for the first time and play ball with him in the garage. I told my wife that I would hurry, but I had to stop by the field to feed our elk. We raise elk and horses and cattle. I told my wife that I would stop by the field and then I'd be home to play ball. And uh, I raced to the field. I got out of my truck, hopped onto a tractor. I loaded up a bale of hay that weighs more than most pickup trucks. And that's when I had a problem. My, my tractor was, the red light was flashing on the dashboard of my tractor which was an indicator that my hydraulic tank was low. And I saw that, but I, I chose not to fix that problem. And that's when the bale of hay released from the hydraulic forks because the forks were loose. Uh, and the bale of hay rolled over backwards and it landed on my body, punching my head to the steering wheel. The shaft went through my mouth, breaking everything in its path. It broke all the bones in my neck and severed 95% of my spinal cord. And that's where my new life was to begin. So that's how I was injured. And I would come to meet Art about three and a half weeks later. So Now, when you were injured like that, how were you able to get help? Did somebody find you? Or, yeah, or I was you... down 48 minutes later. That's a good question, Curtis. I was, I was not, uh, I was fully coherent. I just, I was trapped underneath, a, you know, a pickup truck um, or that equivalent to a pickup truck. And so I, uh, I was found 48 minutes later by my wife and my children when I didn't show up at home to play ball. They drove about a mile away up to the hay yard. She found me after dark and the headlights of her vehicle, the tractor was still running. Um, of course, there was blood on the dirt floor and on the tractor tires. I just couldn't give her a response that I was alive. And so she went back home and called 911. And, uh, and I was, you know, I was then discovered by uh, five cowboys that were first responders and three Utah State patrolmen, eight people that lifted that bell off my body. They cut the shaft with a sawzall taped it to my mouth and I was flown via helicopter to a hospital and went in for immediate surgery. Wow, that's an amazing story. Now let's talk about your speaking accomplishments because you have a lot of accomplishments. You're a speaker hall of fame. You are actually an elite speaker and you're you're serving on the, the board in, in Utah for a speaking soldier. Just kind of talk about some of your accomplishments and explain to people what a speaker hall of fame is because I never heard of it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I, I don't relish too much on that, although I, I am grateful to be a, a member of that. And it's an honor to be to be called. There's I think there's 81 living members that are speakers that are Speaker Hall of Fame uh, or members of the Speaker Hall of Fame. There are 20 members of the Speakers Roundtable, which is an invitation only group. And and you're a member for life um, once you're inducted and invited to be part of that. Um, once you're inducted in the Speaker Hall of Fame, you're a member forever. Um, uh, and so. Those are, you know, I guess those are accolades and, and, and accomplishments from, from, you know, being recognized by your peers and by others um, that vote you in, similar to the Hall of Fame in athletics or, or, or perhaps baseball or basketball. They nominate five in a year. And, um, but, but, but aside from that, I mean, aside from, from those accolades in the books, I, I think the greatest credit is that, you know, I, I just, I never, you know, I'm, a, I'm still married to the same girl and uh, I'm still alive today to be able to watch my kids grow up and to play ball and to try and, 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 and be a better person, uh, you know, amidst a, a crisis and a pandemic. I, right now, during this time and our, our lives are going through a crisis called COVID-19 where people are isolated and, and not able to go where they want to go or do what they want to do. I know what that feels like. I mean, I, you know, being in a, in a wheelchair, even though I can't feel my hands, I use my, my biceps to push and, and numb hands and callous hands to push a chair. And, and I, 
I relate that to COVID and that I try and teach people about perspective. And so I think that me sharing that message, um, even when there wasn't COVID-19, you know, prior to March 2020, um, when we all you know, found out that COVID was coming our direction and we all got hit pretty quick and pretty fast with COVID, that message has been resonating with people for the last 20 years. And, and that's kind of what's, what's taken me across the world is relating that to safety organizations that use MSHA and OSHA and having a safety related message because I took a shortcut that night when I broke my neck and I skipped a pre-op on my piece of equipment. I also refused to listen to the warning signs on my tractor. So I, I, I teach a lot about that. I talk a lot about leadership and, and how uh, leadership is not done by title or, or given because you're called a leader or because you have a child that doesn't make you a parent. It's done by the way that we live our lives and how we act. And so I do a lot of leadership uh, training and keynote speeches, and I've written a couple of books on leadership and safety. And then I do also also do a lot of adapting to change um, and helping people adapt and cope with change. And so that's where my consulting firm comes in as we talk about adapting to change, which is very pertinent in today's world, uh, especially amidst a, you know, a political year, um, an election year, and also adapting to change as it pertains to a crisis with COVID-19. So... Anyway, that's uh, that's that's that, that's how the speaking has transpired. Absolutely. And let's talk about your wife, because I know you you kind of talked about how at first you were kind of nervous or didn't really want her to see that you were having a hard time doing stuff. How did you adjust and, and how did she adjust to going to being a perfectly normal person to all of a sudden, you know, you you're paralyzed now? Yeah. So maybe we'll first we'll just, you know. When it comes to Shondell, you just don't find better than her. She's adjusted really well. You know, you talk about me adjusting. I, I it's been 21 years and I still haven't adjusted. I mean, I'm Curtis. I just, I just don't like her help. I didn't say I'm not grateful for her help. I'm totally grateful. I, I am grateful. I, I'm grateful that I have her. I just, you know, I know when we get married, we say something like for better or for worse. Nobody plans on the woman of their dreams helping them shower. I know it sounds like fun. It's not fun, Curtis. No one plans on the woman of their dreams helping them get dressed. I know it sounds like fun. It's not fun. And so for me, it's, um, you know, me traveling around the world has probably been my drug of choice again as to escape from having to have the woman that I love help me, as selfish as that sounds. And so... Um, while that, while that does sound selfish, I want you to know that during this time of a pandemic and a crisis and COVID, it's been a blessing to for me to learn how to be a better husband and to actually be authentically grateful and not just have to say it and, and then leave and fly away and have somebody that I'm not in love with. While I do love people, I'm not married to them and I don't have, you know, have Shondell help me because uh, while I can take care of myself and I do travel alone, um, it does take me a while. Shondell likes me to let her help me, which gets things done rather quickly. And then I can go spend time with the kids. And that's what she prefers to happen. And so part of what I teach is surrendering and uh, not always having to be right. And that concept and principle has resonated with me in my life and has helped me to have a better relationship with Shondell and our children and, uh, and you know, play a role that otherwise wouldn't have been played. Absolutely. Let's talk about you being a recognized world-class wheelchair athlete. How did that come about and what are you best known for? Tell us about going from Las Vegas to Utah. 
Yeah, so it was actually from Utah to Las Vegas, and and that was that was also inspired by Art Berg. Um, what many people probably don't know is Art Berg set a world record in his wheelchair back in 1992 when he pushed from Salt Lake to St. George, Utah, so northern Utah to southern Utah, 325 miles. And that um, that inspiration came from that marathon. So a couple of years after Art passed away, I decided to give that an attempt, only I was going to push from Salt Lake to Vegas, 513 miles. And that accomplishment took place uh, in about 11 days, um, about 53 to 54 miles a day. And um, when I crossed the finish line 11 days later, I remembered what Art taught me in the hospital was true when he said, while the difficult takes time, the impossible just takes a little bit longer. And that phrase has resonated with me my entire life uh, since I've known Art. While the difficult takes time, the impossible just takes a little bit longer. And so um, that's the, where the world-class wheelchair athlete comes in. And that world record still holds true today. And, and um, I'm in Guinness uh, for being the only quadriplegic that travels alone. And so that's, that's kind of cool. But I think that that resonates with everybody um, in that I'm not in Guinness because I'm stronger. I'm not in Guinness because I have more money or because I'm better than anybody. It's all my mind and my mindset and what I believe that I can do. And so I try and help people and coach and, and consult with people that, that they need to be very careful with what their belief system is because what they believe drives their actions and actions will drive the results that they get. So if I were to believe that I'm paralyzed and that I can't be married and that Shondell and I can't have children and that I can't be a good coach and I can't be a very good father and I don't deserve to be married and, and Shondell shouldn't have to get me, help me get dressed. If I were to believe those things and constantly let them be in my mind, hence my actions and the results would probably be divorce and unhappy and unsuccessful and unproductive. And so I really try and focus hard on what I do have and having a positive belief system and and being grateful for what I do have. And when I focus on that, then I'm able to get dressed by myself and, and work harder to be more independent and provide for my family and and see my kids grow up and do those things that uh, perhaps God would want me to do anyway. Absolutely. Now, are you still doing marathons or anything athletic in your wheelchair? And by the not, way, <laughs> not, not anything different than just daily exercise. Just push, just push you after you, when you get close to 50 years old, just, just pushing a wheelchair is exercise enough for me. And so I just try and watch what I eat and I do watch it. I watch the ice cream. I watch the popcorn. I mean, I literally look at it before I eat it. I just, I, uh, I'm an ice creamaholic. I love ice cream. And, uh, but no, I try, I got to watch my weight because People have to help me get in Uber vehicles or taxis or limousines or whatever. And, and when I get on airplanes, I always find someone at the airport to help me get loaded on an airplane and they got to lift me up. And so I try and keep my weight at a manageable weight around 170 or so because I'm six foot three. So I can be lifted up and carried to a carried to the seat. And people are always so generous with their their strength and their abilities to help and be kind to me and serve me. I, I, I try not ever misuse that or abuse that. Uh, but I am grateful for people around the world that have helped me to get to where I need to go and where I need to be. And uh, people have been very gracious that way. Absolutely. Now let's talk about your, your books. Just kind of give us a brief breakdown and, and kind of a synopsis of what each book is about and, and you know, where they can be purchased from. Um, so my books are all over the internet. Um, our best selling book is doing what must be done. Um, that's a, a great book that was um, 
co-written by Thomas Cantrell, um, a very uh, prolific and profound um, master of words and just a great mentor for me as well. So he helped me write that book and uh, was the really the, the, the man behind the magic. And, um, and that, that book has been translated into different languages and sold all over the world. We also have a couple other mini books, uh, Big Trouble, which is a, a safety-oriented book because I do a lot of, in the safety industry. And then we have one called Soaring to New Heights and then one that's called Who Needs Legs When You Have Wings. And so those are our four best-selling books. There's been a couple of DVDs that are now, now you don't even, you, we don't even use DVDs anymore, Curtis. What's happening to our world? We're now, now everything's on video and Netflix, right? You just pull it off the internet. And so um, our videos are downloadable on the internet as well. So it's... Um, uh, you can find them on Netflix and on um, audiobooks and and just just Google my name Chad Hymas C H A D H Y M A S and you can find find free videos there free content different uh, topics that you can use to, when you're teaching adults or teaching children there are all, also great context and content on on better using words to teach and, and, and speak in front of people and public audiences. I do a lot of that coaching as well. And so they can find information on that in uh, just by looking up under my name. Are there any upcoming projects that you're working on? Any speaking engagements, whether they be virtual or in person, any, any more books yeah, coming out? I mean, we're, doing, we're, we're busier. We're busier now than we've ever been during COVID. I mean, we're doing tons of virtual work. I am, um, I'm still flying and traveling, just not 20, five days a month, it's, it's, that's cut way back. There's a lot of states right now, as you well know, that are shut down, a lot of countries that are under tight restrictions. And so the flying and the gathering of people around the world has been um, almost mute because of, of this disease and this uh, virus that is, that is spreading around the world so rapidly. Um, we're now into the 10th month of that disease. Um, and they have a, vac a vaccine that's now spreading around. Uh, and being passed around and people are trying to get vaccinated as quickly as possible. They're trying to get that um, into people's arms as soon as possible so that we can get back to a life. Um, what I don't like to say back to where we were, because I think we need to grow from where we've been, but back to a life where we can at least gather together again as people. Because I believe as people, we're social people. We're not a social distancing people. And so once we get back to that point, we'll, we'll start up again and get back to gathering and getting people together. But until then, we're just doing a little bit of traveling and, and coaching in small groups and uh, doing most of our stuff with larger groups uh, via virtual, the, the virtual platform and the virtual studio. Do you have any podcasts or, or anything that uh, people can check out? Yeah. Yeah. Our podcast is Influence with Chad Hymas. Um, and then, of course, I do a lot of guest podcasts, kind of like what I'm doing with you today. Um, and so, again, if they just look up podcast Chad Hymas. Um, I think we've done over a hundred different podcasts where we've been a guest on other people's podcasts like tonight. And I really enjoy doing those. Yeah. I originally heard you being interviewed by Randy Gage because I interviewed him as well. And I heard your story and I was like, wow, I need to get him on. Yeah. Randy's incredible. Randy's a great, uh, a great person to follow and to be mentored by. Uh, I, I really enjoy Randy Gage's podcast. And he's a fellow speaker and also in the hall of fame and, and uh, he's been great to, to be able to uh, you know, watch and, and learn from. Absolutely. Are there any other topics that we haven't discussed or touched on that you would like to talk about? I think there's a bunch, buddy. We could, you and I could go on for hours. I just, I want to leave it an open window 
So for people to go and just Google and look up Chad Hymas and and see what 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 their needs are. Is everybody has different needs, and there's a lot of content there. And feel free to reach out to us and reach out to my office. We always respond back, and and I always like to respond back as much as I possibly can in person. And so the office does forward information to me frequently, and so I love to stay in contact with people. They can look me up on social media. I do my own social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn, or YouTube, and it's just Chad Hymas. So if they just Google my name, they'll find it. And they'll also find your website. As yeah, well. my website's just my name, chadheimus.com. You're right. That's a there's a lot of good videos on the website as well that are all free. Absolutely. Chad, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And listeners, after listening, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. Chad, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Curtis. Appreciate everybody. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.